The year is 1932. A young girl storms down Royal Street, visibly panicked, her stride broken only by the diligent interception of a police officer. Her story sounds a bit far-fetched. Tied up by two brothers along with several other victims and held captive so the brothers could drink their blood. She claims that she was only able to escape due to her captor's carelessness and securing her ropes. Somewhat skeptical, the police agree to follow her back to the home on the corner of Royal and St. Anne. Once the police and the girl arrived at the Carter brothers' home, they were horrified to find, as the girl had described, four of their victims. Half dead, tied to chairs in one of the rooms. All victims had their wrists wrapped with bandages, moist and stained with blood. Two more bodies wrapped in blankets were tucked away in yet another room. The unmistakable suffocating order of death permeated the apartment. It seemed the brothers left early each morning just before daybreak and returned every evening just after dark. Immediately upon their return, they would take the bandages off each of the captives' wrists and, using a knife, reopen their wounds until blood flowed freely from the victim's cuts. They caught the blood in cups from which they drank until their hunger was sated. The brothers would then redress the wounds with fresh bandages. They spoke very little and gave no concern for their victim's well-being. Rather, the kidnapped were no more than a food source headed for certain death. Unaware that the girl had escaped, John and Wayne Carter went about their routine as usual. Only this time, the police waited for the brothers to return. They were quickly apprehended and upon the capture, confessed almost immediately, begging to be murdered. The brothers explained to the authorities that they were in fact vampires and would, if released, have no option but to continue to kill, as their need for drinking blood was beyond their control. It's said the brothers are tried as serial killers, convicted, and eventually executed. talking and I'm not and I'm just <gasps> <laughs> and then I'm talking <laughs> no but wait wait I have something for him boom you get shot down now you're just fucking me aren't you <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids the weird history and eerie tales podcast concentrate on the news it's what we do wow <laughs> FYI there's nothing wrong alright welcome everybody to another episode of the weird history eerie tales podcast I am your host, Moses Soria. With me to my left is my brother, Josh. Yo! With me to my right is Archie. Hello, hello. And today, we're going to be talking about all things New Orleans. Oh, man. Party time. Oh, man. We're going to be talking about the Big Easy. We're going to talk about vampires, fucking serial killers. We're going to talk about haunted places, pirates. There's so much that happened and, hap- and has happened in New Orleans. So I, much history. Crazy. A lot of history. So much. So much. I didn't realize how horribly amazing New Orleans <laughs> is. Like how like horrible in terms of like evil like shit. Yeah. And amazing just because it's like it's amazing. And so before I get started, the source the source that I used for today's episode is called New Orleans Vampires. It's called History and Legend by Marita 
Woywood Crandall. This book is the shit. She talks about just three specific New Orleans cases. One that I'm going to be talking about, which is the story that you guys just heard in the intro, which is about the Carter brothers. Mm. This book is amazing because she talks about three different three different cases. And at the very end, she, she talks about her own personal vampire experience. What? She has a personal vampire experience? What she thinks is a vampire experience. Like, Ooh. amazing. So check that book out. It's called New Orleans Vampires. And not only that, she owns a, a vampire store in New Orleans. Top it off. A vampire store. I thought you were going to stop at. Yeah. I thought you were going to stop at. She owns a vampire. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hence the vampire experience. Yeah, she, she owns like a vampire trinket store where you can go in and buy books of vampires and things like that. And all the books that she sells are all signed by the author. Ooh. Mm. Including that one? Well, this one I got on Amazon. Mm. Trash. 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 Get it back. Get your I guess we're back. going to uh, New Orleans, Orleans to yeah, visit yeah. the vampire store. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do, our, other we're gonna do our, our, our part two in the store. In the store. <laughs> Why people in are shopping. Store. Nice. So the legend you guys just heard was the legend of the Carter brothers. So if you were like me, and after hearing that story, you thought to yourself, how? How was it that the Carter brothers, vampires gifted with eternal life, were brought down by basically Dora the Explorer? Because remember, it was just a little girl. They got loose. She went to go tell the police. And that brought down their whole fucking thing. How could they, fucking immortal beings, be so fucking careless that their whole operation for survival was executed so carelessly? Well, believe it or not, it was probably the drastic change that the Big Easy went through during this time. So during the, so during the early 1900s, the Roaring and the Roaring Twenties, during the early 1900s and the Roaring Twenties, New Orleans was literally the place to be. It had the country's busiest port, which brought in new businesses and plenty of jobs. Mm. Which is why, in fact, New Orleans was nicknamed the Big Easy. The Big Easy. Because at the time, work was so easy to find that almost everyone had a surplus of disposable income. So with everyone being having all this disposable income... This eventually led to many people going only nightclubs, people experimenting, creating new types of music. Jazz was invented during this time. Yep, 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 mm. yep, yep. And there was, when there's a lot of money, when there's a lot of dudes, there's a lot of loose women. So it's a party. It's just party town. It's just, par- it's just party all around. And this is literally an era that's considered anything goes era. Like, no one cared. Do a fuck you. If you're not bothering me, I don't care. You don't fuck with me, I'll fuck with you. Just fuck around. But just as fast as this exciting decade of excess came, so did the Great Depression. Everything changed almost overnight. People, they now stayed home. and They kept to themselves, and the only people wandering the streets were either thugs and criminals or people looking for a little easier work for something to eat. So you could imagine the drastic change in hunting a vampire might have gone through during this time. The time of feeding on prostitutes and carefree dock workers, that era was long gone. This was a depressed time, which meant that a vampire's mean for survival rested on stalking the vagabonds that roamed the streets. So it's easier to imagine the dramatic change in the environment before and after the Great Depression. That forced the brothers to go from easy targets to slim pickings. But believe it or not, vampires also had a curious source of where to get 
easy blood. Especially if the vampire is one tiptoeing the line of morality like the great and handsome Louis from Interview with the Vampire. If you guys remember, Louis from Interview with the Vampire, the whole movie is Lestat going, Louis, drink some blood. No, I don't want to. Louis, drink the fucking blood. No, I don't want to drink blood because it's, it's bad. So Louis goes out and starts hunting rats and chickens and and Lestat's like, no, 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 you do, dude, you're doing it wrong. And Louis's like, no, no, dude, because it's, the way you're doing it is fucking wrong. So if you were that type of vampire, if you were Louis, there's one place where you could easily have gotten your blood. A vampire with a sense of morality, especially in the 1920s, they would have been smart to befriend a barber. Huh. You heard me right. So a fucking barber. Where you get your fresh cuts? Where you get your fresh cuts. Literally and figuratively. Mm. <laughs> because as early as 1540, the understanding of health and wellness included the idea of, quote unquote, bad blood. And that in order to get better, a patient needed bad blood released from the body. And during this time, barbers were the only professionals that could assist in this process. In the Dark Ages, it was thought that the bad juju and evil came through the unkept hair follicles. And thus, barbers were able to free the soul of evil by trimming the hair as short as possible. <laughs> oh, boy. These barbers were called barber surgeons mm. and also messed around with other surgical procedures, such as caring for an open wound, pulling teeth, and setting broken bones. So barbers, there were fucking oh, doctors, dentists, and chiropractors all in one. And it wasn't until much later that the barbers were starting to use leeches as a means to clean the quote-unquote impure and contaminated blood from their customers. These leeches were kept in ceramic jars or urns in slightly salted water in the pharmacy section of the barber shops. They have a pharmacy section? Barbers, they also had other means of letting the bad blood out of a customer so what the barber would do is he would hand the customer a stick to hold really tight which helped expose the person's veins making a clear incision oh. that much easier what the blood was then collected in a metal bowl what so if you're feeling sick you're like oh dude i'm feeling sick i'm gonna go to the i'm going to the barber i'm gonna go to the barber <laughs> shop real quick so one of the few things he would one of the things he would do is that he would leech you uh-huh. which put a leech on you yeah or he would um, uh, give you a stick for you to hold and grip tight until your veins ex- expose. expose themselves. All right, nick your nick a vein here and there, just let you bleed out, and yeah. just bandages you up, and you on your way. Which is why we've been doing it wrong. Which is why barbers have that barber pole. You know what you want to. You know what the barber pole I'm talking about? The blue, the red, swirly one. Swirly one? The, originally, it was just white and red. It was just white with a red spiral, and it was to resemble a red-stained towel blowing in the wind. Hmm. A red-stained towel? A blood-stained towel. A blood-stained towel blowing in the wind to alert everyone that this was a place where your blood could be let. Eventually, they they added it blue because they wanted to make it uh, uh, like a a national thing. Like, oh, it's very American, so let's just add blue to it. But originally, if you go to a barbershop and you see a pole... With the red and white, it's because they, they will let you, they'll 
They had all type of practices yeah. there. You know, yeah, Josh, you want to you wanna go ask for a, a leeching session next time we get a fresh cut? Uh, no, thank you. I think uh, a fade would just do fine. You imagine you, how expensive. A low fade, a low fade. That's you it. look pretty sick, bro. <laughs> Where's that Jaeger at, dude? Uh, <laughs> imagine, what? imagine how expensive those have, those haircuts might have been. Very expensive. Today they're expensive as shit for, especially for someone like me, where it's like, oh, let me get the hair and the beard trimmed. It's thirty-five. Imagine, let me get the hair, the beard, bloodlet. I have a shoulder fucked up, and my muelas irritating me. A solid four bucks. Back then, back then. You think they got combo deals? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> they have specials. Get two, get two teeth taken out. Get a bloodlet free. <laughs> So and believe it or not, New Orleans, because of this, was instrumental in the advancement of modern medicine. So much so that the first licensed doctor in the whole United States came from New Orleans. The barbershop. It was a barbershop. It was barber. No, it was a legit doctor. Okay. But it happened in New Orleans. The first licensed doctor happened in New Orleans. For pharmacy? For pharmacy. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. before, like, there was no licensing. There was no regulation. So there could be two two people who would, like, be quote-unquote doctors to be next door uh-huh. to each other. And they'll give you completely different measurements of shit for the same thing. Right. For the same ailment. And it wasn't like, no, 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 we need to straighten things out. So the first licensed Doctor came from New Orleans. Hmm. And his name was Louis Jr. And he was the first to pass the licensing examination. Therefore making his pharmacy the first United States apothecary. Mm. Oh. And they they actually have a old, like in New Orleans, they have a a museum of medicine. And it tells you about all the old tools they used to use for like bloodletting and things like that. It's crazy. It's cool. That's where we're going to do our third episode of New Orleans. (laughs) So the Carter brothers, so back to the Carter brothers, you know, they were believed to have been alive while there's Louis, the guy who, the first licensee, ran his apothecary. And it's also said that they, on more than one occasion, visited his shop for a quick and free meal. Many believe that vampires during this, during this time, dangled the promise of an eternal life to these barbers for the supply of human blood. So the vampires be like, hey, you feed me, I'll turn you into a vampire. Who doesn't want to be a fucking vampire? So, think, um, did, did, um, did you guys, uh, have you guys seen what we do in the shadows, the, the, the TV show? Not the no, series. Not serious. In the movie, does anybody have a familiar? Yeah. It's the girl, right? Yes, yeah, it's a chick. The, the, the one the one that does all his chores, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that's basically what the barbers were like. Hey, I'll promise you I'll turn ah, into a vampire. Yeah. I'll, I'll turn <clears> into <throat> a vampire. Just, you know, just 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 hook it up. Yeah. And, you know, but if you guys have watched the TV show, think of Guillermo from what we do in the shadows. And the promises, they were usually just that. Ha! <laughs> I promise. You'll be a vampire. Because creating a vampire. It's a lot of work. Well, for first of all, it's taking... Very seriously. And secondly, how, why is a vampire going to turn his food plug into a vampire? Because then that food plug is gone. It's gone. Because he has his own food plug. Exactly. He is a food plug. Exactly. So every time a vampire promises you you're going to turn into a vampire. It's a false promise. Chances are he's not, you're not going to turn into a vampire. Hmm. 
Have you guys heard of the term a year and a day when it comes to burying people? A, a year and a day? A year a year and a day. <laughs> the fuck? No. No, no why? Uh-uh. No? Okay. I'll bring that up in a little bit. So according to, so yeah, according to stories, the police department told the Carter brothers to suck their dick into thinking they were vampires. The Carter brothers were, cop- were vampires, please kill us, la la la. The doctors were like, suck my dick, you guys are going to jail. And they were tried legally as serial killers, and their deaths were taken care of. But if you want to get really spooky with the story, you can point out that there is not a single proof of documentation in death penalty records. At the time of the deaths, people were still getting their dick wet over hanging executions. So the Carter brothers would have most definitely have been hung. The only theories that have spawned from this juicy piece of history is that A, the Carter brothers or somebody had made arrangements for a proper burial and purchased a tomb in one of the local cemeteries. B, their bodies would have been placed in a public vault. Or C, they escaped, which is why till this day many visitors still claim to see the Carter brothers. But the boring and the unimpressed will tell you that B is the most logical outcome of their deaths, that the bodies would have just been placed in a public vault, even though there is no fucking proof that they died. Because in New Orleans, the swampy earth, oh, because in New Orleans they had swampy earth, so caskets cannot be buried underground, and it had been like that for, for quite a while. Because citizens in the 1700s, they were horribly kicked in the dick when they would bury their loved ones the traditional way, put them in the casket, throw them on the ground, mm. and then they would see the caskets flowing down the streets of New Orleans during storms and floods. So they're like, we just can't bury them the old-fashioned way. If we're going to bury them, we have to put them inside a tomb. So you'd build like a little house for them, uh, and you put, the, put that you put the shit in there. the tombs. Hmm. So they say that to this day, when there's flooding and water seeps into the tombs, one can hear the caskets bumping up against the tomb. What? As if something is knocking to get out. Oh, that's fucking eerie as <clears throat> shit. Well, that's not creepy. Not you creepy know what's fucked up? New Orleans has so many fucking funerals like this that they're called cities of the dead. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And there's tours that you can only take during the day. You can't take right. them at night. Right. Imagine going on one of these tours and you go up to the, one of these fucking... Big ass tombs, and you just hear the swaying of the casket just hitting, just and it sounds like someone's like on the from the inside going like just hitting. It's creepy as shit. So above ground, so above ground tombs, they were put into place to keep the dead secure. Bodies are placed in the vaults for one year and a day, because they say that's how long it takes for a body to decay, to completely decompose. A year and a day. So there was so because so many people would die, they would put a cast, they would put a body inside a tomb, wait a year and a day, and then a ten foot pole is then used to gather anything that's left, like the ashes and the bones. They put all of that into a bag, and they push that to the back of the tomb to make room for another body. Oh, and that's how they would do it. And ironically enough, some people say this is where the phrase. I want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Came from. Oh. Ha! 
whack. <laughs> no, no. Vampires, bro. You're just a dick, bro. Dude, Not how it. much do you love vampires? Seems like you love vampires Who, a lot. I cannot get bored of vampires. You, you know vampires why, though? It's, it's because ever since he saw Brad Pitt as a vampire. That's uh, exactly what it is. Don't, don't bring it up, bro. It, it took months before he stopped talking about that shit, dude. Uh, I still haven't watched it because of him because <laughs> he's always been talking about that fucking movie. Because I know what the movie's about. I haven't yep, seen it. Yep, yep, yep. So we talked about vampires. And now uh, I'm going to talk about things or be more specific places that are haunted in New Orleans. Be more specific uh, in the French Quarter, which is a neighborhood in New Orleans, which apparently every other fucking house building there is fucking haunted. I was just going to say, so how, that how whole many hauntings? It's, it's the whole area. French Quarter is, uh, they should change it to, to, to state that that whole area is fucking haunted. Just call it Hauntedville. Hauntedville. Yeah. yeah. Hauntedville. So one of the first uh, places I'll talk about is known as uh, Lafayette's Blacksmith Shop. Uh, here's a little history. Uh, before I talk about the haunting, a little history and fact of what Lafayette's Blacksmith Shop was all about. Uh, it was first structured in the 1770s um, by the pirate known as John Lafayette. Did I pronounce that right, Moses? I know you had it no, down. Lafayette. Lafayette. And uh, this place is located in Bourbon Street and St. Philip Street. Isn't in the a, French Quarter. Isn't that a perfect street for a pirate? For a fuck? What, oh, bourbon? For, bourbon? Oh, like bourbon. The, Beautiful. Dude, and that's like the main hub of where all these parades and stuff happen in New Orleans, too. Bourbon, canal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, John Lafitte, infamous pirate. Uh-huh. Okay. And it is said that here in this spot, in Lafitte's blacksmith shop, he would uh, he would gather up and uh, plant out like illegal shit. Okay. And then he will sell contrabands in that area as well. So, so anything that was illegal, you could find it there in that shop. Ooh. Let me get a game shark. Okay, and that's the little history. So now when it comes to the hauntings, it's like, oh, all right, so what's so fucking spooky about this, right? Well, some uh, patrons and regulars in this uh, uh, spot would say if you drink enough beers, one or two, that you would see John LeFay himself uh, in that location in different areas. Um there's there's like a like a like a table in the far end of this place. It's hardly lit, but people every time they pass by the they feel presence around the area and sometimes you see Jonify himself there, fully attired. Okay, and then there's a fire pit in between in the middle of this bar. And Patreon's regulars they'll say there's a certain area where you sit or stand on where it's extremely Cold. cold like there's no scientific way of proving why it's cold in that specific area right uh it's away from the windows away from doors it, it's literally right next to a fire pit right. which wouldn't make sense why that area would be so fucking cold and that's that those are statements from the patrons and the regulars now the workers they say uh they'll see um shit just move in the air, in the which, air. Is, yeah which is like uncommon right for them it's just like oh it's fucking, it's fucking John over here doing his bullshit. Lafitte. Yeah. Fucking Lafitte. Johnny. So that's, uh, that's their case of the haunting. Um, and then there's also spirit. Uh, some regulars and workers uh, stated that upstairs, they see a lady in a white dress. There's no history behind who this lady was. Right. Uh, again, this, this place, uh, the Lafitte Blacksmith Shop, is extremely old. It is recognized as America's most oldest uh, bar 
yeah. the United States and one of the most oldest structures in New Orleans. Yeah. It's one of the first ones. So uh, it's been passed on centuries. So, so much shit has happened in there. Uh, so maybe, um, I don't know, story of this lady in white dress. I don't know what it is, but maybe she got murked. Uh, she got wrecked in there or have no idea. But that's uh, something that you expect when you're visiting LaFay's Blacksmith's shop. Now it's a cafe. Yeah, it's, right. a it's a cafe slash oh, bar okay. now. Um, and that lady, that lady, lady uh, yeah. dress. the lady in the second, in the second floor. Yeah. Um, if you, if you're up there, not, if you're up there, not supposed to be there, are you going to talk about that? No, 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 no. Oh yeah. She would whisper your name. She would whisper your name in your ear. Pussy. And then when you would turn around, <laughs> you would see these really red glowing eyes from across the room and they'll just completely fade away. And then usually people, when when they, when that would happen, they'll get really dizzy, and they would then they'll get all like I don't like like turned upside Surrender. down. Yeah, yeah, they're like I don't know what left. Like so they're like they get like stuck. Like oh shit, I don't know what, how like yeah, how to yeah. get out. So it's just like this little crazy shit. Yeah, but John Lafitte, he's actually he actually helped save America. Yeah, in which I will discuss all in right. this next location, asshole. <laughs> I need you to shut the fuck up. Let me do my job. Okay. So that's Lafitte. <laughs> uh, black shop. Uh, blacksmith shop. He owned another um, building known as the Old Absinthe House. This is where Moses was going to ruin my fucking content for you all. Here, it's it's very known. It's known not just because of the hauntings and all that, but it's known for two great important reasons. Right. One, this was a alleged meeting, right? Secret meeting that General Andrew Jackson... Mm. And the infamous uh, John LeFay, they gathered there to talk about a meeting on the Battle of New Orleans prior to the battle. Mm. Um, it is said that Andrew Jackson wanted his men, his pirates, to help fight the battle, right? Against the British. Right. John LeFay only agreed to this if he released all his pirates from prison and they all got pardons from the government. Basically, free them. We fight for you, but we are free after. That's it. That's it. Don't fuck with me. Okay, so they did. And they won the war. The Americans won and beat the British in the Battle of New Orleans. Orleans. And he became, well... An American hero. Yeah. (laughs) Technically. (laughs) Technically. And you know what what Andrew Jackson did right after? Fuck him. He won at the Bell Witch House. That's at General General Andrew Jackson. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) That fucking crossover, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Andrew Jackson. Oh, my gosh. Like, literally right after, like, maybe like a year or two after this happened, after you, after you saved America, he's like, I need a break. Let me go see what that witch is about. <laughs> <laughs> that's his break? That's what's up. I'll do the same. Yeah, and, and, and there's rumors that um, the pirate, John, John LeFay, when he will attend meetings, attend meetings and stuff, he will only go to certain buildings where he knew his exits. And oh, there, uh, there's there's rumors that this uh, structure, the old abs, uh, Absinthe House, and the um, the Faze Blacksmith Shop, mm. there's underground tunnels that will link these Both two structures. Together. Yeah, oh. and that's how he'll smuggle stuff in and out, and et cetera, et cetera. And now we're talking about uh, Andrew Jackson. Um, I wasn't going to mention this, but I I saw one of the um, there's one. Um, hotel named after him called the Andrew Jackson Hotel. And the story about this is um, after the battle, 
well, before the battle, Andrew, uh, the general Andrew Jackson, he, uh, that hotel was once a courthouse, I think, like mm-hmm. a federal courthouse, some shit like that. And then he, uh, he did a martial law there. But the judge was like, no, you can't do that. It's illegal. You're not the president at the time. He's like, you're not president. You're just a general. You don't have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. So he got pirates. He took the judge, put him in prison, in jail. And then the whole battle happened right after the battle, whatever. He freed the judge. The judge came out. And he summoned Andrew Jackson like, motherfucker, you got to tell me the reasons why you put me in jail for that. So what Andrew Jackson did, he got all the pirates because the pirates love Andrew Jackson yeah. for winning the battle of New Orleans and, and, giving, them the freedom. and, and, mm-hmm. and giving them the freedom. So um, he, he gathered a shitload of pirates to go with them to this summon. Mm-hmm. And every time the judge wanted to talk, the pirates would just talk over him. Like, they'll drown them out. So, so the second he said something, like, oh, Andrew J. Yarr, and then fucking bunch of bullshit just going on in the background. And literally, you know, and time after time, minute after minute, the judge is like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to give you a fine of $1,000, which is pretty fucking hefty. That was, that was a lot. Which is a lot because he, he, he broke fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Big deal. Big deal. So they named that hotel after. Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson after giving that fine, which doesn't make sense. Like, why would you name a building? Or oh, I mean, he's a war hero and, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, that place. They, they probably eventually turned the fine into a donation. Yeah. Like, for them not to look like a bad guy, like, years after, they're like, just turn the fine into a donation. And this is a, where the haunting, because that place is haunted. And it's haunted by kids, okay? Because uh, there was a, a fire that broke out. Mm. In that area, and then I think it was a, I think it was a school or some shit, and there were these kids, five kids that were stuck upstairs, mm. which burned to death. Oh, they shit. just died. So now, when you go to that hotel, uh, you'll hear kids running around at a certain floor in a certain floor, and then there's uh, regulars or customers that hear these kids, and they'll come on the attic and tell the kids to shut up. But when they open the door to see that uh, that hallway, they're greeted empty. by. So that's uh, that's the Andrew Jackson Hotel. Shut up! Yeah. Shut the fuck up! Andrew Jackson's fucking that was beating up the British. This was fighting witches. I mean, he didn't fight a witch. That's true. He Still laughed. Was. He laughed. He was like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, like, "I got a no, smart man. He's a smart man. You know what? I ain't, I ain't gonna fuck with this." I remember he said it. I would rather fight the British <laughs> army again than face the Bell Witch by yourself. Yeah. Oh my dude, how did I not put? Wow. Okay. Well, it's you're Time dumb. period. Because you're dumb. Because you're dumb. Yeah, I really don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have the St. Louis Cemetery Number One. Uh, this place is home to you mentioned earlier the the Voodoo Queen, uh, Marie Laveau. 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 Um, this is where her burial ground is. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know who Marie Laveau is, uh, she's known as a uh, Voodoo priestess. Uh, she was Catholic with, I forget what other religion. I don't know if you guys recall. Well, the point is she practiced black magic and stuff mm-hmm. like that. She was beloved by everyone, uh, whether whether she practiced um, like remedy for, for diseases, uh-huh. yellow fever and stuff like that. She was well known for uh, herbal treatment, mm-hmm. right? And even hexes. She cursed people. If you go up to her and you want to hex someone, mm-hmm. she'll do the job for you. Um, she died and buried. They buried her here in uh, uh, St. Louis Cemetery Number One. What makes this place hauntings because there's other 
uh, serial killers and stuff that were buried here in St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. But for her uh, specific, um, if you mark an X on her tomb, it is said that she'll grant you the wish that mm-hmm. you desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, if you do that, uh, there's um, people who were pinched, who felt a pinch, a shove, and stuff like that after they wrote an X on her tomb. Mm-hmm. So that's... Uh, that's Saint uh, Saint Louis Cemetery Number One. Um, you can no longer visit this place without a tour guide. Yeah, because there's so much vandalism on her. Dude, they're constantly tomb. repainting her tomb yeah. over and yeah. over Just again. X's everywhere. Well, yeah, the fucking the whole thing about the tomb is if you go and vandalize it, your dream will come true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I couldn't find the like who started that, like who stated. Like, like you this, gotta this do this. Rumors, this legend, just uh, well. The, f- the thing about her is, she also has a daughter mm-hmm. that's named exactly like her. So people, so when the daughter died, they don't know what what legend was with the daughter, or because because uh, the daughter did the same thing. The daughter became a voodoo priestess, exactly the, priestess the same as well. Yeah, so like they don't know where one begins and one ends, which one becomes to what. I don't know if it was. Maybe the daughter who maybe had something where, like, if you write an X on a paper, she'd do it for you. She ended up dying. So people are like, oh, that's the that's the tomb of her. Not knowing that it's the mom and not her. You know, there's, like, a bunch of gotcha. like, little different, like, little different, like, things where between both of them, the, mo- the, the mother and the daughter, they don't know where one life begins and one ends in terms of, like, legend and lore. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could be talking about the, the daughter and then you're actually talking about the mother and vice, and vice versa. Yeah. And to re- replace or... Because of the whole vandalism thing, they also went into because it's I think it's like three X's or something like that. That instead of marking the tomb with X's, they would do like a little sacrifice or or, or some sort of like donation or something like that. They'd leave like three pennies oh, or like an offering. Yeah, like an offering. Yeah. yeah. So they'd like leave three pennies or turn around three times or something like that instead, so they could still grant their wish without having to vandalize the tomb. Yeah. Yeah. And this uh, cemetery is still active. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, besides her, um, other people stated that they'll see other ghosts, mm-hmm. and they're 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 speculating that it's probably the victims from Yellow Fever and soldiers from Civil War mm-hmm. that are still lingering within the cemetery. And they still bury like just people yeah. there, right? People mm-hmm. still active. I think uh, I don't think in those cemeteries anymore. I think those are just completely closed, right? Like like they're at capacity. So they just keep building different ones, right? Yeah, or, but but it's still under the name. Oh yeah, yeah. Number. yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's why they're numbered, right? Because there's different plots. Yeah. How many are there? Dude, dude there's so many goddamn. <laughs> I'm telling you, at the beginning of the episode, they're called cities of the dead. Cause there's just so cause many there's, cemeteries there. Just so many, and then it looks like a, it looks like a city because everything's above ground. Right. It's horrible. It's scary. All right, all right. So for the next one, we have what's known as a Sultan's House. Have you guys heard about this before? No. No? All right, let me give you a brief. Zoltan. Uh, <laughs> Sultan House. Uh, where's that? Where's that? All right, so the Sultan's House. It was built in 1825 by an individual named of Le, uh, Pierre Le Perte, right? Um, he was a dentist created this for his own home and out of the blue all right this located in french quarter as well okay so you see this um building in the french quarter uh this individual named 
he called himself, uh, he was a brother of a sultan in Turkey. Sultan is, I think, uh, part of some type of dynasty, yeah. right, uh, located over there. And he stated that he was a brother of a sultan. Um, so Joseph was like, okay, uh, I never had a, a guest so so important to visit. So my, yeah, yeah, so proceed. So, he, hey, he said, you want to be my guest. My house is your house. Just stated, cool. Uh, this motherfucker... Uh, he 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 believed in harem, okay. So he had he he five six young girls with him, right? So uh, Joseph thought he was visiting and just a vacation or some shit, but in reality he was running away, right? One night uh, they spotted some mystery uh, ship docked uh, one stormy night, and then next you know the the neighbors uh, uh, they. They heard noises, whatever, strange noises, and the next morning they checked up on the house. When they entered, uh, they found five decapitated bodies, oh, which were from the females. Um, and the reason um, he ran away was because apparently he stole one of his brother's favorite wives. Now, I don't know how he stole her. And I don't know if he knocked her out, put her in a bag and took her with her, or he seduced her and brought her with her to america so they found the five corpse right the five decapitated bodies and then in the back they found in the fairway sultan himself the brother uh-huh. buried and within his uh um burial there in the backyard they wrote down in arabic where's it at where's it at you want to fuck me oh uh, no i fuck you <laughs> Oh, and stated in Arabic, it said, The justice of heaven is satisfied, and the date tree shall grow on the traitor's tomb. So it is said dead. that a tall, stately tree grew on that spot of where, uh, where he, he was, was killed and buried. Um, so that's the Sultan's mansion. Uh, now, the hauntings of it, if you go visit and take a tour guide in there uh some people state that you can hear the screams of these females um you can see the sultan's brother uh, walking around and it's always a lady in the white dress i don't know why it's always like you, you guys know the lore behind why it's lady in white dress i don't know if you guys well it's because pure or fuck well it's because a lot of poor people could only afford linen and linen's white and people, which is why so you think it's yeah just poor, poor most of the people that are dying the poor people yeah hmm so that's the Sultan's uh, house, located in the French Quarter, as well. So my history is all stupid. What? A lot of French people arrived there. I'm guessing. No. No. Why is it called the French Quarter? No, yeah, of course. Get the fuck out of here. Of course. Get the fuck out of here. Like one of the things that, because um, I bought two books for this episode. Don't read that. No. No. Okay. No, no, no. But you can just oh. carry on. Yeah. So, like, about this one, the New Orleans vampires, the history and legend. I bought mm. another book where it talks about just New Orleans in general mm-hmm. and the other haunted things or whatever. And one of the things that the lady in the other book talks about is that we learn about the Mayflower. We learn about you know the original ships that come. No one mentions that during that same thing. Like right after. People started setting, settling in the south almost almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And New Orleans is one of those places, which is why they have the French Quarter. They have a lot of French names. They have Orleans. Things like they have New Orleans. You know how 
Joan of Arc and Gil de Rey, they fought for the Battle of Orleans mm-hmm. in France. Mm. So, like, there's, like, as there's as much history in Orleans as there is in the East Coast, except it's just, they just for, whatever reason, for one reason or another, they just don't talk mention about it, it or mention anything. it. And she mentions it. I just didn't get to read it. I'm like, oh, it's boring shit. I don't want to read it. No wonder you just said the lady, the other lady, instead of mentioning the author. Well, because I don't know the author, because I don't have the book in front of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The book's in my room. He said, shit. <laughs> no, it's a really good book. <laughs> He's like, fuck, I got to edit this out real quick. Uh, so the next. <laughs> so the next uh, building we have is known as the New Orleans Pharmacy Museum. What was the name that you stated of the first uh, pharmacist you stated? You said Louis Joseph? Louis Jr. Louis? Louis yeah. Jr. Louis Jr. Yeah, so this is him, actually. This is uh, the, his pharmacy. Uh, it's cool. turned to a museum. Um, the first fully licensed pharmacist was Louis Jr. Is there a picture of him? No, no, no. There's a picture of his spot. Yeah, his spot. And within this area, he sold medicine right, and, and quote-unquote voodoo potions oh. as well, uh, years have passed. He sold his he sold his pharmacy. He sold it to another doctor named Doctor Dupas or Dupas Doctor Doom, uh, D U P A S. Foot Um, but there's dark rumors about this new doctor. Uh, people from the neighborhood will state that he'll f- do fucked up experiments with pregnant slaves. Um, so that's one. There's no proof though, mm-hmm. but there's just rumors of this doctor doing these uh these. Illegal experiments, practices. yeah, new practices. Unfortunately, before um, Junior, Lewis Junior sold his property or his business to number, uh, he had two sons, which perished in that area because that's where he lived. And this is where the hauntings um, occur. Um, you'll see kids, two kids in particular, running around the pharmacy and outside of the pharmacy door. People claim they would hear kids playing, technically two boys. And then they'll see uh, books and other things being tossed around within this building. Um, people are saying that this work is done by Dr. Dupas because he was very aggressive or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So they're saying all this uh, objects being tossed and thrown, all that was the work of Dr. Dupas. Dude, I can't, Dupas. I can't wait to, to our generation, to like our meme generation starts haunting places. What do you think we're going to do? We're just gonna be yeeting shit in the middle of the night. You're just, You're just gonna, gonna hear, hear the yeet. Yeet! <laughs> You're gonna hear the shit fly across the room. I hate this fucking generation. I love it. Too many fucking memes, bro. You're just old. Everything, what do you mean? Everything's a meme. You're always tagging me on a memes. Meme. Yeah. You're always tagging me on memes. That's why. That's, that's everything that we have available right now. <laughs> that's what keeps me going from day to day. Like, what memes? new meme what new memes is gonna come out today? Like, I never would have envisioned Baby Yoda being as good as it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have still yet to watch that show. I just watched it. What, what was it, Friday? Yeah. Great show. Great show. It's sh- how many episodes? It's five so far. Yeah. So I'm, it's weekly, every Friday. I'm not big mm-hmm. on Star Wars. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're not big on Star Wars either. Uh, watch it. It, it feels very, it feels very, very, very westerny. Okay. It's cool. That show's very friendly for those who, who are not big, like... Yeah, you don't even yeah. know shit. You don't yeah. even know shit. But if you do, it's cool, because then you'll know Easter eggs and stuff yeah, like right, that. They're right. sprinkled all around. But if you don't, it's Is it it's like great. a prequel or a sequel or something? Like it happens that? during the new movies that are coming out. It happens oh. during that. Picture like a spinoff. Oh, okay. Yeah, like there's not... You, you, don't need, you don't need to know a lot. 
But if you do, like, you're able to pick up the Easter eggs. Like, one of the episodes, I was like, are they in Tatooine? Which is episode one where they find Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. the little slave boy. Mm-hmm. They go back to his planet after fucking so many movies. So then th- that Yoda is the same Yoda or is it a different Yoda? You have to you have to watch the show to find out, God bro. Damn. No, it's a different Yoda. Okay. Speak- I'm so running. I'm so running. Huh? Speak- Shit. My bad. Uh, next up, we have the Lolari Mansion. Uh, to give you a history behind this mansion, um, what's her name? Delphine Lalari, the Delphine dolphin. Lalari. I have this page up. Let's say fucking close. the dolphin, the Delphine. Okay, so history on Delphine Lalari. Um, she she married three times. First two marriages. Uh, her husband just died from heart oh. attacks, natural, boom, dead. And then she married uh, Dr. Leonard uh, L- Lewis, Lewis Lollery. Uh, they married, they popped some kids, and they were known in this area. They're wealthy. They're known for uh, um, for being extremely wealthy. And there was also dark rumors going around from that family although they were liked people were still like yeah something's kind of wrong with this family one because on the average like in city like this usually they'll own only six to eight slaves uh this family um louis lollery and dauphine lollery they'll own from 20 to 26 slaves within the house and everyone's like that's enough for a small plantation why the fuck do you have so many slaves in one in, in one house and the worst part is, people that actually went to go visit um, Lollery, they never saw the same slave twice. So that was kind of suspicious. So when they would confront Lollery, she would say, oh, I lease them to my cousins or to my family or friends around the world, et cetera, et cetera. But people didn't buy that. They're like, ah, I fucking doubt it. There's some shit going on here. Bro, she said she leased them, bro. Yeah. yeah. How fucked is that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the truth actually came out on April 11th, 1834, 1834, 1834, where she threw, cause she's known to throwing fucking fancy parties and people joined, boom, boom. and then there was a fire that happened in the kitchen. Um, so she escorted all her guests outside front of her house and pavement, whatever. And then the firefighters came and they found a lady, a slave tied up on the stove, chained up and they woke her up whatever she was alive and she's like please get me out of here i started this fire uh blah 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 and the firefighters are like, what you know you're gonna get arrested and blah blah, blah. she's like, yeah please take me away from this lady and i don't want to go back in that back room anymore yeah, the, the upstairs room the upstairs yeah. so the firefighters are like, what the fuck are you talking about she's like, yeah she's like go upstairs to the slave corridor or whatever and there's a hidden door so they go upstairs procedure they checked and they see that door so they come out on one of the windows. They look down on um, uh, Louis Lollery and uh, out of common courtesy, like, hey, do you have the key to this door? We got to check it out. And Louis Lollery was like, uh, you don't have any reason to go in there. And the firefighter's like, nah, fuck that. Fire's like, in the bottom. Yeah. Fire's in the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's, literally, like, that's literally what she was saying. Like, yeah. Well, we're up there. You know, you have to be yeah. in the kitchen. And then, well, after hearing that from the slave and then seeing that hidden door, they asked him just out of common courtesy. So they broke like, in. We're, we're just asking, but we're going to do it anyways. Yeah. yeah. Right, I cool. know you're going to touch up on that later on, I think. 
Maybe, no, uh, maybe not. no. Okay. So they broke into that door, and that room was a torture chamber. Damn. Um, they what they described was they found this um, just corpse being hanged from the chest, like hooks, stuff, uh, limbs just separated from body. They actually found a box where they forced the little girl. Squeezed her, broke fracture, broke her bones to fit into that box. Uh, they found um, a head wound of an individual that was still alive, but so deep that there was maggots growing out of his brain. Oh. Um, after they witnessed that, they took all the bodies, everything that was in there, in the middle of the street that same night to present it to everyone. And at that time, the Lollaries got their family. They took off when New York... From Rumor, New York, rumors are saying yeah. 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 So, so those are rumors that they they fled when New York, and from New York, they went to Paris, in which Louis Lollerie had his family over there, and that's technically uh, the it for the Lolleries. Yeah, the it for the Lolleries. So of course, it, there's more details to it, but this is just like a brief overview. So that's a rumor of, of them escaping. Uh huh. Is there another rumor of, the, of them being hung? No, no. There's oh. like the, the the there's different rumors of how they got away. Yeah. All the stories is them getting away. Them, them getting away. Oh shit! Yeah, them getting away. Like when the fighters like give us the key. No, all right, cool. When they went upstairs, she's like, "Oh fuck!" And they just bolted. Oh, well, okay. They just immediately like, "Oh, let's get the fuck out of here." And they had the driver. They had one of their slaves. And the thing is, the only there was only one slave. Like 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 my brother hit it on the top, like my brother hit it on the head. You never you never saw the same slave twice except for one slave, and it was their driver's slave. Because that one was the one that was... That's the only one that was able to go out in public with them. Oh. So he was the one that was all dressed all fancy. He he knew, he knew how to read. Yeah. He do everything to put up a front. Yeah. And um, that slave, he ended up... He, I, th- I think they ended up killing him. Oh. But, like, they ended up just, like, she used him the kind of way they on the boat. Then they just fucked off forever. Yeah. So that's the history behind Lollary's Mansion. So now you're asking, like, oh, what makes it so fucking scary and spooky? That's already scary and spooky. Well, uh, years have passed, right? Foreigners, Italians will come in. Uh, the stories behind this building just kind of faded away. People forgot about it. And um, there was family three who actually bought the property, right? Father, mother, and um, um, an infant boy, mm. right? It was one night. The husband woke up, and he what what he saw was his wife standing up in white dress, and he told her, "Honey, come back to bed." Something blah blah blah, and she was standing in front of the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then his actual wife, who was laying right next to him, told him, "Who are you talking to? You cheating on me?" Bitch? Yeah, and he looked and he saw the ghost starting to like flee the scene. So he chased her down to the hall. Yeah. She disappeared. Next you know, you hear his wife scream. He runs back to the room, and he finds his wife taking the baby's uh, sock out of the throat of the baby. So the ghost stuff try to kill that. Trying to suffocate the baby. the baby. So within a week, they fucking bounced. Yeah. And this is where it started the curse of the Lalari Mansion. Um. There's rumors or speculation that there's whoever bought this building or, or whoever will buy this building cannot hold on to it for more than eight years. 
Uh, they say when once you first get it, uh, the ghosts of the former slaves will warn the owner of the area, be like, mm-hmm. look, you need to get out of here, blah, 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 or else. And then within those eight years, I guess demons or other uh, evil spirits will come and they'll just fuck your shit up, which will force you to leave. Um, one previous owner of this property was Nicholas Cage. He yep. actually owned this area. Uh, he owned this the, this building, but he lost it due to tax evasion. Uh, he didn't pay taxes, so he lost this property. I love Nick, bro. Nicholas Cage is ev- is ev- every one of us. He's like, all right, I have one hundred fifty million dollars. Let me buy these six haunted castles. Let me buy this fucking haunted mansion in New Orleans. Let me get that Superman number one. How much it cost? Three million. Fuck it. Let me get it. Uh, let me buy all these cars that no one's ever gonna drive. I love Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, dude. So that's the the story behind the Lawry Mansion. And you know how scary that fucking mansion is. How scary? It's. And you heard all the stories. Every there's every fucking building's haunted. Everything is whatever. The the people mention the Lawry House as that haunted house. It's so haunted that people know it by just that haunted house in the city of haunted houses. Say so, nope, that one. So when you when people go to New Orleans, oh, I want to check out the haunted house. Oh, they want to check out the Lawry Mansion. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, which is crazy because people are like, because at one point this place was uh, a bar. Oh. And to see a bar closed down within that area was kind of fucking rare. Cause it's yeah. a fucking bar. Because it's like, it's still and it's a corner, in Bourbon Street. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's in a cross street and it's, it's perfect, but yeah. somehow it just tends to close down. So that's that. Next up, we have the murals uh, diner slash lounge, which was uh, goes back to 1788. A pier. Jordan purchased building. Um... Yeah, so he uh, he purchased building. He loved it, first home. But he was a gambler, and he was playing cards. And he bet his house. He bet the house. He lost. He lost the house. So he committed suicide on the second floor. They years later they converted his home into a dining and a lounge to this day. And this is what haunting begins i guess if you go there you'll hear footsteps you'll hear his screams um and it's 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 a well-known place it's always packed um the food's great but it's fucking haunted they'll hear uh knocking from the um, wall to wall they'll hear shattering of glasses onto from the courtyard onto the brick walls so for regulars it's Nothing is just this guy just playing tricks uh, for new people. It's like, what the fuck's going on? Even the workers are like, eh, just ignore it. It's just, it's the norm there. It's a huge. Bro. It's the huge. How pissed would you be if you were a ghost and you could not get people out of that house? It's still like a functioning bar. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's a famous bar. Like, it's a busy bar. It's always busy. You're like, fuck. Never get so peace and quiet. And that. Is for the most part haunted places in New Orleans. Of course, there's a lot more. There's a lot of hotels that I didn't mention. A lot of places, a lot of stories. Uh, but if you wanna visit a spooky place and get scared shitless, go to the French Quarter. Go to the French Guaranteed. Quarter. Every other fucking building's haunted. So go enjoy yourselves. Get shit thrown. Crazy fucks. Mm-hmm. Mardi Gras. 
Yeah. Show some titties. Get some beads. Yeah. Now, speaking of getting some, how about getting your head cut off? <laughs> That's so my- nowhere near. <laughs> That's pleasant. <laughs> okay, Lawry. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, if you're into it, you're into it, you know? So, the next one is about a mass serial killer that happened in New Orleans, and his era was from May of 1918 all the way until October of 1919. And this was the famous axe murderer of New Orleans. And this killer is a bit interesting. One reason being that he didn't bring his own weapon. He would use items that were found in his victims' homes, mostly axes. Big surprise because his name is Axeman. But other, um, other times, items like a straight-edge razor was used. He also never left any survivors. So he was an, so he was an in-the-moment kind of guy. Like, yep. I like this guy. He's like, I want to react with what I got. Got no plan. I just, all I know is that I want to kill. I'm going to kill you with a spoon. Here's a spoon. It's called the axe murder because he would fucking kill his victims with the axe body spray, just spraying them out. <laughs> oh, that's a horrible way to go out, dude. Hey, just go to my middle school gym locker and you'll. That's <laughs> every middle school gym locker. Jeez. I hate that shit. It worked, though, because you didn't want to be musty. It was either that or be musty. Like, you could smell someone with axe a mile I'm, away. See, but that's the thing, though. Like, you, you weren't supposed to. You just get it, just spray one in your armpit and you're good. You're not good. After PE? You gotta drench yourself with that bullshit. What? What? Carry on, carry on, carry on. You were that middle school. Guy. I was, I was. He was the axe murderer of Hostler Middle School. Spray. Jesus fuck. If you were under that roof, you weren't planned to be left to live. Because he didn't keep any survivors. And so, uh, pretty much saying he killed the whole family. It was also strange that. Um, it was discovered that the killer would hang out either before or after the crime. Sometimes even eating. So Wait, so you're telling me he'll kick it? So he'll just kick it in their house. He'll murk some motherfuckers. He'll murk someone. He's, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit hungry. Yep. Make myself a sandwich. Makes himself a sandwich. And he'll eat the sandwich. He'll eat the sandwich. Would he wash the dishes? The laundry? Nah. The floor. Nah, he's, nah. He'll clean the house. Nah. But nah. Nah? Nah? It's like, fuck oh. with the house, but I'm hungry. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. We hungry. Imagine, I'm hungry. He, 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 he respected the house. He just didn't like the fam. Yeah. So he cleaned the house. Well, would you, would, would a serial killer, would like would this make it even scarier in your head if someone killed somebody and you find out they then right after cooked a full meal? Like they cut up the vegetables, they did everything. They cooked they, a full. Yeah, they took their time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be like, was, not worried about getting caught. And then he kicked enough for the victims? How crazy would that be? Huh? He'll, he'll leave like... A, yeah, he'll leave the a, plates a like plate. five victims. He'll f- f- fucking One that for much. himself and then one for all the victims. So and his then he's card. eating. Oh, my God. He's, he's called a dinner table murderer. The cops will love him because then they'll eat the food and that's just bomb <laughs> as fuck. Like, oh. So they're hoping for another fucking killing to get another taste of his food. Oh my god. They the time, the time killing them. Hey, Thanksgiving's coming up. Let's just chill and see what he does. Hey, Bob, you want to do a ride along? It's like, why? I'm going to see the axe man. The axe man struck again. Oh. Yeah! <laughs> yes. Oh, man. That's fucked up. 
<laughs> That's <laughs> fucked up. Carry on, dude. Carry on. It's like, I don't like my wife's cooking, but I definitely like the X-Men's. Mm. So the police would also discover that the home's doors of the victims would be locked. No valuables were missing. And no one remembered what really happened as most have have had head trauma. Another notable detail is that he would cover the victims' faces and mirrors in the home with a fabric of any kind, but they must be covered. So after he'd kill them, they'll put a, a fabric over the, the victim's face and as well as the mirrors. And the mirrors? And the mirrors. He didn't want to look at himself? Maybe. Probably. Oh, shit. So See, what? That, that's another, that's another twist to it, bro. That, that's not pretty only, deep, bro. That's pretty not deep. Not only is he is he killing people with their own equipment, he kicks it, makes himself some food, doesn't steal shit, and then after he's done, he covers the faces and covers the mirrors. Hmm. It's very precise, man. So let's talk about one of the victims. So on May twenty second of nineteen eighteen, a Joseph, uh. Maggio and his wife were fast asleep in their home that night for those who who just love to know on the corner of Upper Line and Magnolia. So Axeman had broken into the home, slipped both their throats with a straight razor. Catherine, his wife, had her throat slit so badly that her head was nearly severed. Oh, shit. In the crime scene, the killer's clothes were found and just left behind. The cops suspected that he must have changed. The razor that was used um, and raised a lot of suspicion from Brother Andrew because this is the razor that hit, that the brother owned, um, and he also owned a barber shop, which is where the razor came from. The brother stated that he discovered the bodies and was just shocked that this has happened. He said he didn't know any no- he didn't hear any noise. Um, they live in a joining apartment. He was drunk from the night before, so you could imagine how the cops felt. Andrew was taken in for questioning, but was later released once his alibi held up. So this was all happening within the same apartment where next door to them was the brother of the wife. Who owned the barbershop. Who owned the barbershop. Where the blade came where from that came killed. From. Exactly. And he, apparently he didn't hear anything. The cops were like, you're full of shit. How big was, was like, that blade? Drunk. Well, how drunk? First of all, it's either how big was that blade or how drunk was this guy that he didn't hear anything. a full murder? No screams, fucked up. No anything. Probably shit face. Probably yeah. had a bad day. So here's another thing to add up to the murder of the X-Man. Homeboy gets drenched in blood or whatever. He's naked. No, he, t- he takes out the clothes and he puts on a new fresh pair of clothes and then books it. That's smart. Leaves his fucking... Leave, leaves a blade. Yeah, but it's 1918. You know, there's no DNA. Yeah, there's nothing. Can't catch them. Yeah, then why? Like, like they don't give a fuck. It's a lot easier to catch someone when they're all fucking bloodied up and clothes. He, he gave He's no, running around butt naked. <laughs> <laughs> he gave no fuck about his skin marks. Nope. Later in the investigation, all they could gather is that an unknown male had circled the home several times earlier that day of the murder. They believed that it might have been the Axeman. On June 27, 1918, early morning hours of about 7 a.m., bakery delivery man had discovered the bodies of Luis Bezame and Mistress Harriet Love in a puddle of blood 
what a great start for your work that day. Fuck, you find two bodies? Delivering bread. And then you see bodies. The couple had been attacked at his grocery store. Bezame had been struck with a hatchet in the right temple, causing what looked like a possible skull fracture. Hmm. Harriet was hacked over her left ear. When the cops got to the scene, she was unconscious. But, shockingly, they both lived. What? An employee who had just started working there was taken in and questioned. The cops later arrested him despite having absolutely no evidence. Harriet ha- Harriet even came forward to let the authorities know that that wasn't the man who attacked them as she faintly remembered some details about the attacker. Unfortunately, for reasons to be later revealed, the cops dismissed her statement due to she, her recent head injury. Her being a woman. And her being a woman. Probably. Not. What? Authorities also claim that the reason they took him is because during the questioning, he had conflicting accounts of his whereabouts. He could have just been nervous, too, but whatever. They also claimed that he had a motive, which was robbery. Tell us why once the scene that was fully inspected, absolutely nothing was taken uh, from the store. A few days later, the media had a field day when Harriet was later denied access to see Bezame as she wasn't on his kin list. She later confessed that she was not his wife slash girlfriend. She was actually just his mistress. Everyone was shocked and wondered who his wife was and wanted to know something about his this cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. His wife later fled or later flew in from wherever she was, obviously pissed. Reports love this though, especially because Harriet was always willing to dish to the media. Hmm. Remember how the cops didn't take her seriously? This is why. They saw her as the crazy mistress. So it was hard for them to take anything that she said because she just wanted to blow up everything to the media. Wow. She was like, Gold Star. Then later that year, Bezame was arrested due to Harriet's bedside confession. She was having surgery and things were looking good. Where she claimed that he was the killer, this only fucked her suspicions of her being full of shit. <laughs> and then on August of 1918, a 20-year-old slash eight-month uh, pregnant woman named Miss Schneider, was attacked in the evening hours. She had woken up to a man standing over her. He bashed her face repeatedly. Her scalp was cut open, <laughs> face all covered in blood, and was unfortunately not discovered until midnight by her husband, who just got home from work. It was later found that she had been attacked on her bedside lamp. She was still alive but didn't remember anything about the attack a couple of days later. Um, she actually gave birth to a healthy baby boy. Damn. So she just got she she fucked shit, up. She got, murk, she got her shit rocked and still gave birth. And still gave birth. When he said he bashed your face repeatedly. Yeah. It was funny. I don't know why I thought it was funny. I picture like a cartoon fucking da, 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 fucking face to the wall type of fucking hit. You're a sick man, Josh. Probably, probably, yeah. You're a sick yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then lastly, in August, a few days later, Joseph Romano, an elderly man, was attacked 
while the girls were in another room. Unsettled by a noise, they heard they discovered their uncle had been attacked. They only saw a man, flee, a man fleeing the scene, but no certain descriptions. Josephine died two days later due to the head trauma. Fuck. So this is just loves bashing people's head. I was playing whack-a-mole in New Orleans. <laughs> he's a, a headbuster, huh? He's a headbuster. He was part of HBS. HBS crew, huh? Damn. It was so, discovered that an, a killer pried the lock open or chiseled at it. And no one heard it because, as it turns out, everyone was actually asleep. Oh, there you say everyone's drunk. Yeah. And then there is one last thing about the axeman that kind of made him a little bit interesting. He never used an axe. No. What the fuck out of here. <laughs> was that um, he made... The axe he called his dick. That's what he called his dick. Just like, the axe. Bah, the axe. That's, that's what he kept on bashing on people's heads. Damn, that's one hard dick. <laughs> that's a pretty solid dick, dude. No, was that... Um, there is... He sent out a letter to the police, basically stating that he, yeah, he himself, yeah, basically stating that hey, you'll never catch me, blah blah. You know, I I I love and appreciate that you guys are calling me the axe man, this and that. It's just like having a fucking field trip. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, um, what he did because this homeboy loved jazz, he really loved jazz music. Jazz was just starting, too. and then jazz was just starting. And so what he said is like, I want every single home here in New Orleans playing jazz. I want the clubs to be playing jazz music. If you are a home or a club who is not playing jazz music, I will kill you all. And they took that shit seriously. Everyone's bumping so jazz. Everyone was just bumping jazz that night. Damn. And I think that was the last account of how good X-Men. must he have felt walking through the streets. Listening every yeah. house playing jazz, bro. And no one found who the X Men was. Mm. He was never Fuck, caught. Never caught. The the you know, the, the deaths are still unsolved. No one knows who the murderer is. And this was just like within a one year streak. Yeah, a year and a half. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And that was the X Men. The ass man. I the mean the X Man. Yeah. Scream the ass man. So before I and so before we end the episode, I wanted to talk about a few little things that aren't really houses or, you know, things that you could also check out at New Orleans that are also haunted, what, like haunted or possessed or just kind of cool in general. One of them is called the Singing Rain of Pirates Alley. So the St. Louis Cathedral is one of the most famous landmarks in New Orleans, which faces a strikingly Dracula-esque statue of Jesus Christ. So in front of the church is a Jesus Christ who's doing this, right? Mm. But it's a small statue compared to the building. So when there's so when the, they have the lights out, the light bounces off of the Jesus Christ onto the building, and it looks like Jesus. And it looks like Dracula lifting up a, his cape. There's pictures of it. It's pretty cool. But the most interesting thing about the St. Louis Cathedral is the, is the alley that runs next to it, which is known as Pirates Alley which is also home to one of the city's most famous ghost stories. So first, a little history. So Louisiana was a French colony from 1718 until 1763. Also, I just found out when I was doing research what NOLA stood for. Well, what? What NOLA stood for. Yeah, New, or- New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm fucking re- I'm stupid. I-, I was wondering what it, was, what it stood for, and I just found out. Yeah, so it was a French yeah, colony. edit the fuck out <laughs> of that. From 1718 to 1763, when the French ceded the territory to Spain as part of the Treaty of Paris following the Seven Years' War. So the French colonists 
of New Orleans were not stoked at this state of affairs, and long story short, a rebellion led by French colonists was put down by an Irish loyal to Spain known as Bloody O'Reilly, who had the rebel leaders publicly executed on a street known today as Frenchman Street, now a popular spot for music. So legend says that the bodies of these Frenchmen were hung out to rot by the cathedral hmm. and that the priest was forbidden to bury them and he was only able to do so after the Spanish guards took shelter during the hurricane, which then in turn he was able to transport the bodies of the dead to St. Louis Cemetery. And legend says that to this day when it rains, you can hear the whistling priest and a cart going up and down as if he's transporting the bodies. Oh, scary. So you can hear like the creaky of the, and you can hear him whistling. And then, um, there's another vampire that I want to talk about, of course. I'm not surprised. Hmm? He's actually, he's actually called the vampire in the French Quarter, right? So in the early 1900s, a guy known as Count St. Germain mm-hmm. randomly showed up at the French Quarter one day and just starts throwing money around. He just randomly shows up. And he's just big dicking everybody, bro. Just fuck. Here's a fucking bill. He has, he starts throwing lavish parties, huge feasts, and people notice. It's just some random dude? Some random, some random. Some random fuck just shows up. To the French, the the 1900s. Yeah, this is during like when, when it was like good to be in New Orleans, early 1900s. Jazz is starting clubs, you know, everything. And this dude just shows up. This big, you know, he's just big dick and everybody throwing DDE, parties, bro. throwing everything. And people start noticing that in his parties, he never eats. He's just always drinking wine. When he dances, he makes sure never to dance on any reflective services. Oh. Right? So he would tell his guests detailed his detailed stories from all over the world that he did. And then people started piecing things together. And some of these stories, if they were true... They would have taken hundreds of years to complete, to do, right? Then people started noticing his resemblance to another Count St. Germain, a European explorer and philosopher from the 1700s. Uh-oh. So the 1700s Count St. Germain, this this, this was an actual real person. He was famous as fuck. He was friends with the King Louis. He was good. He was, like, famous. And his life was also a clusterfuck of mystery, as even during his lifetime, he was thought to be an immortal alchemist. So even during the 1700s, they thought that this St. Germain was often an immortal. Yeah, that's the picture of St. Germain. And that's where we can make our distinctions between the two counts. Our count from the 1900s wasn't just an immortal, but a vampire. And we were, and people were able to find out or they were able to find this out was because one day a prostitute leaped from a third story balcony to escape from him after he was biting her neck. The police showed up, he was gone, and he was never to be seen again. But there's still rumors that to this day you could you're still able to see um Count Saint Germain lurking the streets of New Orleans during the day. Not at night, but during the day. And you're, able, and you're able to tell who he is because he's still dressed the way he is. And he's always trying to impress you like with his stories and stuff. And throwing money at you? 
throwing change, right? Here's all fucking, fucking coins. Quarter. Here's a fucking gold coin. I would have been pissed. You tossing your whole fucking bag of coins, bro. And just a sack. Oh, fuck. Just a sack of coins just right in your face. And that is our New Orleans episode. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I learned a lot, as you guys just found out. Like, I found out what Nola was. Yes, 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 yes. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode was to use New Orleans as a buildup to one of the topics my brother talked about, which is the Lollery Torture Mansion. And there's a lot of things that we don't know that we... There's things that people say it's true that are not true. Did she actually experiment on her slaves? Did she even have slaves at all? Was it just was Lollary just one person, or or like the Lollary legend grew to be from like four different tenants that grew into one people? So what we're gonna do is for the next two episodes, we're gonna break down the Lollary and separate fact from fiction. Ooh. Yeah, and it was actually uh, an American Horror Story. I think that was one of the seasons. Yeah, yeah. Based on it was all based off. Of her. In Saint or fucking New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. 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 Apparently, she met Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Uh, cool story, bro. <laughs> okay. So before you know, <laughs> before we end the episode, uh, we wanted to throw it out there. You know, condolences to the mass shooting that just happened at New Orleans. It happened a few like a week ago, yeah. right? December first. Yeah. Uh huh. It was uh ten people wounded. Thankfully, no one was killed. At least from the from the reports that I was looking at earlier today, no one was, it happened on um, Canal Street, which is on one of these famous streets that we we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully, no, thank God nobody died. But speaking of deaths, today we woke up to some shitty news. If you are a fan of this musician, his name is Juice World. And today we woke up to, him, to us finding out that he died because of a seizure that he had last night. He was just 21 years old. Juice World, if you guys know, if you, if you guys don't know who he is, you guys know his music, especially his stupid huge hit, Lucid Dreams. Uh, Achi, I mentioned Achi, I'm like, dude, do you know? He's like, oh, who's the rapper that died? Juice World. Oh, I never heard of him. I played him um, Lucid Dreams. Oh, that guy. So you guys, if, if you guys, please go out, play his music. It sucks because like I really li- like right, we really did fuck with Juice World, like and we listened to his music a lot, and uh, his his song. Um, Hear Me Calling is one of my favorite songs of last year. That was on, like, if you guys did the whole Spotify thing, mm-hmm. that was like my number two played song. I just fu- I just fucking love that song. So it sucks that we, we, we lost Juice World. You know, it just sucks. But, you know, you got to keep pushing. And um, join yeah. us. Um, bump, bump his music in honor of Juice World. Bump Lucid Dreams. Uh, I, I don't know if he had a kid or not, but, you know, bump his music so his family gets, you know, gets that royalty money. Um, since since Sting stole most of his money, um. So, do you guys have anything else to add? We'll be seeing you guys in uh, oh, uh in Nola doing our next episode in Cemetery Number. No, no, we are not. <laughs> my dick. We ain't doing that. Andrew Jackson Hotel in Andrew Jackson Hotel. <laughs> Action, yeah, no. we'll be in the lobby. Uh, you were gonna mention the Spotify. Oh, that's true. So Spotify. Uh, mm-hmm. one of the things mm-hmm. is you guys have. You heard me ranting a few episodes back. We are now on Spotify. So if you guys are uh, listening to us on Google or on iTunes, whatever is easier for you guys, you guys can listen. To, we're on Spotify. All these episodes on Spotify. I would hopefully, hopefully, I'm um, we're gonna be counting down. I'm gonna take off the episodes off of Google Play because Google Play, 
It's telling us we're not getting any downloads. Apparently, we don't exist. Yeah, which is ridiculous because off the top of my head, I could name like 20 people that listen to us. So at the very least, it's 20 downloads. But they're saying we don't get any. So we're not going to get any. Then we're going to get off that whole platform. So we're going to be slowly telling you guys when we're going to get off of Google Play. It's not going to be today. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be next week. But we are eventually going to wean off of Google Play altogether. And um, there are some people that say, um, uh, how come we don't upload our episodes to YouTube? Because I guess some people, when they're at work, they can listen to me. They can't be on the phones, but they could be on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like office jobs or whatever, so that's something that uh, we'll, huh. you know you know we'll look into. And um, so if you guys don't have anything else, well, b- well, before we end the episode, again, go to our Instagram, Weird History, E Retail Spots. Check out yep, all yep, these yep, pictures. Yep. Check out the pictures that we post, things we talk about. Um, you guys could do us a huge favor, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be amazing to help the show grow. It's been helping us. It's been helping the show grow mm-hmm. uh, enough to the point where. Uh, we're getting emails about getting ads on our show, which we're not going to do, not anytime soon, just because I don't think we're ready for, for that yet. We're, mm-hmm. So we're just going to throw it, you know, just keep throwing the free content out there. And um, we're, uh, we're, it's cool knowing that there's people, you know, that we might be able to monetize this because I want to do this full time and have the show grow into something more than just an audio format. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we have a few add sponsors like hitting us up but we're just gonna keep the show free for you know for now or whatever and um do you guys have anything else to add again please Spotify if you guys can go and install our episodes <clears throat> on Spotify yeah I mean all these listens help us out yeah recommend them to your friends oh uh, talking about friends I'm gonna do a quick shout out to my buddies uh college buddies uh, Lewis uh, Luis and Lance Lance Car rather than I say his last name, but good job, good job. yeah, good job. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Lance and uh, Luis, Lance shout, yeah, uh, uh, shout out to you guys. Um, Congratulations, on getting married? Huh? No, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, I thought like, that was like, like, a, like it feels so surreal when like you tell uh, friends of yours about your podcast or you blur it out and then they go, oh, let me. Let's do podcasts and give it a try, and then next you know they're they're fans. And Luis, he's uh, he's been ever since I told him about it. He's caught up. He's pissed that sometimes we don't uh, release our episodes uh, on time. Um, on time, which 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 kind of kind of you know makes me happy because it means he cares and he wants to listen to us. Um, so shout out to you guys. Uh, so we got two new ish listeners out there. So. Uh, that's about it. True. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. So, again, Instagram, Weird History, Eretos Pod. We're now on Spotify. Rate and review us on iTunes. You know, just tell us what, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Every, anything helps. Um, help the show grow. And, um, yeah, so keep uh, keep a lookout as we're going to continue. We're just going to stay in New Orleans or New Orleans. When we cover the legend and we're going to separate the facts and fiction of Madame LaLaurie. And if mm. no one has anything else to add, we are the Weird History. Here we tell us pod. <laughs>